Exciting news! We're doing another live episode of Silver Screen Queens for the release of Star Wars Rogue One. Um, we're going to watch a screening of the movie followed by a brief review and then an audience Q&A. If you'd like to join us, the screening will be held at Palace Electric in Canberra on Friday, December 16th. Um, check out silverscreenqueens.com for tickets and we'd love to see you there all dressed up for our Star Wars review. Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, directed by David Yates and released in 2016. The plot of the movie goes something like this. Wizard and magical creature expert Newt Scamander goes to New York City in the 1920s. This is hilarious because I actually thought you wrote expat first. Well, I, I nearly wrote my magical creatures fancier, Newt Scamander. So <laughs> No, that's that's um Aberforth. Yeah. Um but anyway, um I'm just gonna sign a spoiler <laughs> I'm just gonna put out a spoiler warning for this movie. Um it's currently out at the cinemas. We are definitely gonna talk big, big spoilers. If you are a fan, if you are somebody who wants to see this movie, please go see it first. Yes. Believe me, you'll figure out the spoilers really quickly, but that's not the point. Um, go see this movie at the cinemas first and then come and listen to the podcast because, boy, is there a lot to unpack in this movie. If oh. you are a Harry Potter fan, I am going to say right off the bat, I think this is my favorite Harry Potter movie. Hmm. Um, and I'm saying that because I had than no... Prisoner of Azkaban? No, it's my favorite Harry Potter movie. I don't know if it's the best one. Oh, right, I'm your favorite. Right. Because I had no expectations going into it. Mm. So all of the disappointments from watching the Harry Potter movies after reading the Harry, Pot Harry Potter books are not here for this movie, apart from the fact that they didn't cast Richard Ayoade as Newt Scamander, which is going to break mm. my heart forever, um, especially after watching the movie. And I was like, but he would have done that so well. Um, but that's not the point. Um, no, I think this is my favorite Harry Potter movie because I didn't have any expectations and I didn't know what to think going into it. I don't even know how I felt about there being a new one. And then just watching it, I was like, oh, my God, this is Harry Potter. Mm. Like, this is this world that I've been interested in. And and, and reading Cursed Child didn't feel like that um, as well. So I've been kind of let down a little bit recently. Yeah, I read Cursed Child and I was like, I want to go back into the old books. And then I tried to start and I was like. No, this is too much work. <laughs> so I, I also kind of appreciated this. I, I can't – look, I didn't like the Harry Potter movies all that much apart from Prisoner of Azkaban. Yep. So, yeah, I definitely liked it more than everything except Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, I think that Prisoner of Azkaban is a better movie because it had a better director. It's a good I movie. I don't think David Yates is that good a director, and I don't know why we're sticking with him. But um, having put that aside, I got so into this. Like the characters and – the stuff we learn, there is so much packed into this movie about the Wizarding World and about the history of the mm. Wizarding World that, like, anybody who is a Harry Potter fan is probably going to watch this movie sitting there like me. Just I tried to process this thing for two hours since we saw it and my brain is still ticking and, over. And this, it all comes by so fast. And it's – and. Like the we all, obviously we both read Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which mm -hmm. is a tiny little book when it came out like ten, fifteen years ago. Mm. But not, I've just pulled it off my bookshelf now, and I haven't looked at it since. Like the binding's not even cracked on it, and um, so you hear all these things like, and it's pretty Mine obvious. Mine has like pages missing, and it has like water damage. <laughs> I've definitely read it um, more than once. But, and, and, but it, there's enough to kind of get you in. Like you can see a Niffler, for example, mm. straight up. But there's also all these beast names come at you and you're like, what, 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 wait, wait, I didn't hear that. There's a couple that I knew. Um, I recognized the demi guys. I recognized moon the moon calves, the flooper, which na he didn't name, mm. but because that was one of my favorites, I immediately recognized that when I saw it. Um, the, the snake thingies, I'm not sure what they were. No. Um, there were a few other ones that I wasn't 
too clear on, mm. but there were definitely ones that I recognized as being from the books. Um, which is funny because this is like a two and a half hour movie. And before going in, I was a bit, I was really worried about this going in. I me have too. to say, I was like, oh, it's going to be bad. Oh, there's the whitewashing thing. Oh, there's the Johnny Depp thing. But like, I, <laughs> um, yeah, well, and, and, we kind of learned maybe a week or two ago that the reason that, that they had to announce the Johnny Depp casting was because there was a stunt in the film where it was announced where they didn't, I didn't think they wanted to announce that, but they realized no, they I had don't to. Th- and, and the thing about that is that they, they clearly cast him and put him in this movie before everything came out. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there was like, yeah, nothing they could do and they just had to kind of go with it. But yep. um, yeah, so I was going into this with very low, I think by my standards expectations as well. I think and the it was same thing. so much fun. And Eddie Redmayne is just like adorable. He, he is, is just so adorable charming and charismatic and he's also really not afraid to make a fool of himself yeah like there is there is a scene where he's like well, i don't even know what that creature's name is but there's this, some wacky creature it's the um a, a rumpant a rumpant with yep. the rumpant yeah, horn, yeah, that, the horn the, yes it explodes in the seventh book yeah luna <laughs> knows about that um the rumpant and and she's in heat and he has to put him male a rumpant scent on himself and do the mating dance, and I was just with like, the best music by the way James Newton Howard doing yeah. his best John Williams here. Um, and that scene was just like he must have felt like the biggest dingleberry doing that scene. <laughs> it was like, so delightful. He, it was wonderful. It's like all, it, it's everything. Like there's no dignity in acting in that scene. There's no dignity. There's no like ego he just he does this scene and he's wonderful this movie balances this kind of whimsy with the darkest stuff i think i've ever seen in harry potter it went so dark and i was so upset um the stuff with the abuse of ezra miller and what ezra miller turned into my heart was breaking a lot of the time because you know I mean, that is really, for me, really affecting. Yeah. Um, anytime that I see kids being abused is really, really affecting for me. And then the fact that that made him into like the kind of the monster of this movie was, was yeah. so, I was like, I had my hands up to my mouth. I was so upset. Yeah. I, watching I, I that really think broke I my heart. I had the same reaction as you. It felt a bit heavy handed. Like it was all, it was too obvious that she was too, like the abuse was too obvious. It was too obvious that, that one of the kids was an, was magic and all this kind of stuff. But the thing about that stuff is, yeah, but it, you got to remember this movie again f- for younger audiences. They've got to kind of make it obvious. Um, yeah. I, I know. Think. I just, like it, it's, it's revisiting a lot of the Harry Potter themes that it are is. quite familiar. So, but for, but it's also a lot more sympathetic. I think a lot of the time in the past, um, there's been a lot of like your family defines who you are ideas yes. in Harry Potter. And, mm. and this was, I don't know. I just found it. I, I was heartbroken. And I think it's also because I like Ezra Miller. So I went yeah. into this movie going, well, I like Ezra Miller. Um, and, and seeing his storyline, I know he was playing much younger than he is as well, but like, I, I, it was upsetting to me. It was really hard for me to watch. Um, whenever they went back yeah, to that. Yeah, I, I noticed that you were having a hard time with it. I don't, I didn't have such a hard time with it. And also, like, the. I don't like child abuse storylines. I have the same problem when I'm watching Daredevil. Mm. I get really, really upset. And I can't watch that episode where, um, the episode where, um, Kingpin, where, uh, Wilson Fisk gets beaten up as a kid and then he kills his dad. It's a really, really hard episode for me to watch. I, I, I skip through a lot oh, of that. See, I really like that one because it's a, it's a revenge fantasy. Like, he gets his own back on his dad. Yeah, but I, just watching the, abuse stuff mm. is very upsetting. I, I just have a lot of trouble with that stuff. Um, so 
I mean, you know, you, you know what it feels like. You've had the same problems with movies where I'm like, I don't yeah, have yeah. any kind of problem with yeah, this. Yeah, I, and I just didn't um, have that same problem. And, and the, and, the, but even the, like the, the end of it when they're evil talking thing, to whatever him, it was oh. called, the Obscurus. Yeah. Only killed evil people. I know. But so like, it wasn't, yeah, it just, I, I found that really, and I found it the whole thing really emotionally engaging because I really fell in love with the characters as well. Like Queenie from basically oh. the moment she comes in, favorite character. She's so favorite. cute. She is like, I mean, she is basically, I mean, she's like Gayla and stuff, you know, like yeah, a lot of my adorable. favorite characters. Um, and I loved her just instantly. I loved her. And, and I thought, um, I loved, um, Kowalski. Yeah. And- I really enjoyed Kowalski. Basically, these actors are unknowns. Like mm. everyone except Colin Farrell. I and, know I've seen Queenie in something else. Um, and, and, uh, Eddie Redmayne are like unknown. Oh, and obviously, um, uh, what's her face? Um, she's British. She oh, Samantha the- Morton. No, um, no, I know the president. Is. Oh, Carmen Joga. Yeah, Carmen Joga. I'm but, assuming. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. No, we talked about her before when we did um Selma. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was the wife, right? Yeah. But Dan Fogel, like, I have no idea who this guy is, and he is like gorgeous, and he I does a him. really good job in this. Um. But and also the big spoiler for the movie Johnny Depp, which two seconds like into the movie, right? I was like, oh, he's Grindelwald, Is he playing Grindelwald? And I was like, no, no, we know he's playing Grindelwald. And she's like, no, he's Grindelwald. And he was. Two seconds in. And then the whole rest of the movie, I was like, it's so obvious. And then like three three seconds later, we also find out that his name is Mr. Graves. Not only that, we don't find this out in the movie, but I walked past the poster when we were walking out. He called himself Percival Graves. Percival is one of Dumbledore's middle names. Albus, Brian... Albus Percival Brian, uh, no, uh, no, Albus, Albus Percival, Percival Brian, Wolfric, Wolfric, Brian yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumbledore. That's the one. Yeah. So, like, it's one of his middle names. The fact that he called himself, named himself after one his of his ex-boyfriends. Boyfriends. Like, <laughs> like, like, I can't believe that, like, but I wasn't paying attention before this movie came out. No. You know, I think if I, I'd been paying attention, I might have figured it out. But, like, it was, it was as soon as I saw Colin Farrell and I'm like, but he has the same haircut. He's clearly playing mm. um, Grindelwald because they open with a shot of Grindelwald. That's from behind. Mistake. Yep. That is mistake number one in this movie. They should not have opened with that. No. Um, and this movie is not about Newt Scamander and his friends. It is a setup for, for the a Grindelwald Dumbledore movie. Yep. Yeah. And and the whole movie kind of suffers from that. I don't think they should have opened where they did because it makes it immediately so obvious. Even if I didn't figure it out, then I would have figured out that he was Grindelwald by the time he was doing things like By the time they called cre- him Mr. Graves, by the time out loud. they called him Mr. Graves, but then he's giving he's giving credence his Deathly Hallows yep. necklace. Yep. You don't think we're going to notice that, guys? Like, it's not at all a surprise no. when he gets revealed as not, Grindelwald. Not even a little. Not even a little bit. And also the design... I the actors look surprised. No. And the design for Grindelwald, by the way, is dreadful. It is awful. It is, I think they were trying to go for something that looks creepy like Voldemort, but he just looks like kind of a comedic, weird version of Mordecai or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, it, it is a little odd. I'm and one, he's over the top and I just instantly because didn't also, like Grindelwald it. doesn't, isn't, doesn't get brought down until 1945, right? And yeah. so I thought he would be younger and I would thought, at, at that age, he might have looked more normal as opposed to, like, you know, wacky Johnny Depp mm-hmm. blonde look. Yeah. I mean, impressed. I do get why they stunt cast Johnny Depp. I, I actually do understand that. And Johnny Depp and Colin Farrell have done a movie before where I did think they looked alike. Mm. Um, the the last Heath Ledger movie. Um, and it's oh, no, it's um, um, The Imaginarium Dr. of Dr. Parnassus. And they did that movie together and they did the bits. And they actually, I was like, they do actually look alike. And then. And you know then, who's in that movie? Andrew Garfield. <laughs> 
Yes, and he's wonderful in that movie. Yeah, that was one of the early the ones where, movies I've, I saw him where we were well. like, oh my god, this guy. Yeah, um, but they do look alike. So I was also like, mm, okay, I, I sort of get that. But then now, who are we going to pick to play Dumbledore against him? This and is the, a Toby question Jones that I have. Is, I think the front runner, Toby Jones. Yeah, I think you're thinking of um um, I don't think it, it isn't Toby Jones, the really short guy. Yeah, with the little voice. To play Dumbledore, I'm pretty sure. I I have to look it up again, but I I did hear that as a as him as a dumb rumored for Dumbledore. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. I was not. I actually thought Colin Farrell was better than Doc Johnny Depp. Oh yeah. Too. Like Colin Farrell was much much more intimidating. But he has these scenes with Credence with Ezra Miller as Credence that. I yeah you saw me I found so upsetting because well, it just looked like he was grooming him yeah and and really well, I scary. think I don't think I think that's deliberate yeah because he he moves in close he, it's clearly an intimate relationship because Ezra Miller is clearly playing about like twenty year old kid and you can see the grooming happening it's it's scary I didn't I was really upset um <laughs> those scenes really upset me um and I I appreciated the balancing of that with like then having kind of humor and then you know he the, he don nobles kowalski and it's so heartbreaking or no he doesn't um they they don't know kowalski yeah. and it's it's heartbreaking that was so upsetting I know I was like why can't you just keep and, and but I mean there is like a sort of end of the movie scene where they find one another again queenie and but the whole kowalski movie did. I found so sad the whole ending is so sad. I'm like, why is this necessary? Um, but like, um, the the Kowalski and Queenie thing. There's a scene that's in the trailers that's not in the movie where Kowalski says, "I wish I was a um, uh, um, wizard." Yeah, and it wasn't. It. I was like, where is this going to happen? Because it clearly happens in the suitcase in the um the universe where they've got the. Well, see, I um, thought that maybe. I thought that maybe there was going to be a scene afterwards where yeah, he would remember. I, I was like, oh, I think he's going to be able to remember because of the bite that he got. Yes, um, yes, I know. And clearly been... he did because the, clearly the – Because she comes into his shop and he touches the bite. Yeah, and also because he's making the little um, the, all these little pastries in the shape of the creatures yeah. that he saw. So he's obviously remembered. Yeah. Um, um, and, and um, We're 15 minutes in and we're still like – this is going to be a long episode, I can tell. <laughs> I feel like I haven't even started talking about this movie. Yeah, um, it does. And, and there's so many, like, silly things, like, why didn't they just sneak him into the suitcase while they had a chance kind of thing? I was so – yeah, there's a moment when they say is the is the nomad – by the way, I hate nomad. Um, it's such a stupid word. Muggle yeah. is a wonderful word because it kind of encompasses, like, the contempt and also, like, patronising way that wizards look at muggles. And it's just a great word. For just, I kind very, of get it, though. It very, is kind of an American it, oh, version Oh, yeah, of and that. muggle is very in a very English word. Yeah. And I do like there's a culture clash and they fight over who had the best school and all that kind of thing. It's cute. Hogwash. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love Queenie so much. Um, that's not the point right yeah, now. But I, I was so excited because when I they were in the – I had issues with her because the, the, she really has no respect for people's boundaries in terms of her legitimacy. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I liked that though because I feel like that was a flaw that the movie was pointing out about her, mm. rather than saying that she is like, yeah, I, I actually she's not a bad person, but I would I like it's I like the way that she. I mean, I liked it about her actually that she's um that to be her friend a friend with her is kind of a little bit scary. Yeah, I like I th- did think that, and and you know when you first see her, she's in her apartment and she's um got the clothes getting dry and stuff and she's yeah. very Marilyn Monroe-ish and she's mm-hmm. quite sexual but you can kind of tell that she's 
a lot of this stuff is stuff that she's built up to try and deal with the fact that she's constantly able to understand what other people are thinking and feeling. And it's really interesting. Mm. Um, I, I love her. actually like, that- and I love that she has flaws within the movie, you know, and so does, um, Tina. I like that all the characters, by the way, Newt read as Asperger's autistic to me. He does mm-hmm. not make eye contact for like the first half hour of the movie with anybody who's talking mm-hmm. to him. Um, he is really, really into the animals, but doesn't know how to connect with humans as well. I thought the whole time I was just like, man, that reads as Asperger's so much to me. And he oh, has yeah. these very particular ways of kind of dealing with the world and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me um, that um, I was thinking about actually the Goldstein sisters as like new women of the 1920s because the setting of this movie is quite interesting because it's 1926 mm. so the stock market hasn't crashed yet but you see the rise of fascism and but just in the middle of prohibition and all this kind of stuff and the idea of them is like new women you know i mean they're orphans but they're also like they're living in the city and they're both working and they're both like they're doing their own thing and they're very independent i'd like the idea of them i do too and i think it's really interesting to look at um well, there's a, uh, oh my God, there's so much to unpack in this movie. So we've got to look at it in terms of the magical history as well, like where we are, where we understand Harry to be in 19, in the 1990s when that story starts, as opposed to when, um, 1991, right? Is the first setting of the first one. Yep. As opposed to where they were in the 20s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and where America is as opposed to where England is. Yeah, yeah. And where Europe is and the, um, but one of the most fascinating things to me was where that world is in terms of where we are right now. Oh, my God. the rise of fascism and this kind of everybody feels like they have to be underground and the that pressure on credence as well read as kind of like a, a gay rights yeah, or something like that. Like we're going through the rise of fascism again now. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of scary <laughs> and also like useful to have these movies. And it's – it's there's so much. Um, there's so much in this movie. Um, but like that kind of idea of – you can see Donald Trump's America in this Harry Potter movie, mm. right? Like you can see that – this is happening again. People are starting to feel afraid to speak out. They feel like they have to hide and they feel like these laws that are coming into place that are legal are wrong. And you actually kind of see Grindelwald's side in spite of the fact that he's been awful through the whole movie when he says, I'm not going to hide anymore. He, you know, he comes out as like, he goes um, full Magneto and, <laughs> and you're like, well, I, I can see where he's coming from because this thing that happened to Credence did not have to happen. This was awful. And it only happened because of the stuff that you guys are doing. Yeah, this Um, repression. That's heartbreaking to me. Uh, um, And, yeah, and and it's interesting because Grindelwald's not the only villain. Like, the the American ministry Mm. is – they enable this, right? And And she doesn't – the American president, who also I thought was interesting because they don't kind of – at the end of the movie, they have to comply with her, but they still don't. She's never been painted as a particularly sympathetic figure. Mm. Um, and they, they never agree with her. And yeah. she just ignores, um, Tina. Every time Tina comes up and says, this is happening, this is happening. Oh, she God. brushes her off. Yeah, she ignores t- her. And then she gets mad at her for not telling. And you're like, like, she tried to tell you. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Cause it was interesting. Cause, and of course, um, Samantha Morton is obviously a huge villain in, in the Dolores Umbridge mold. Mm. But there's also the kind of, uh, the, the president who's hate it. I so want to upsetting. say President Percival, but it's not that. It's President something, though. It starts yeah. with a P. Um, she, she's more in the in the mold of like the Cornelius Fudge, like mm. a be- you know obedient, the good person who is just like obeying the law. As you also get to, like, this feeling that she has had to um, 
she spent a lot of time building up this, um, the, I want to call it teacher mode, <laughs> but you know the mode where boss you, mode, boss mode where you go into this like you can't question the decisions that I'm making. You have no right to question the decisions that I'm making. I am the most powerful person here. Mm. Even if she didn't always feel that way, you get the feeling that she's the person who has has really created that kind of shell around herself. Yeah. And so she doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to anybody else. And she doesn't mm. have any tolerance for – and she doesn't care about this kid who's who's been oppressed and abused and is dying. And the only people who care about this kid are Newt and Tina – and you're so kind of rooting for them to pull through and then the, the, the ministry comes in and kills him. And I was so upset. <laughs> this yeah. is really, yeah. But this if, is hitting if, on if, all of, all but of the that buttons that I have. If that hadn't happened, pushed. the movie wouldn't have had the emotional weight that it did. If he'd somehow I'm fully aware. I'm not mad at survived, it. it wouldn't have worked the way it no. did. And it and was, it's horrifying and it's, and it's part of, that's part of being, working out what side you're on in this fight. Mm. And, and being in the resistance as well. That's well, that's what I mean. Like, I'm not mad at the movie for it. I get it, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, because thinking about just, in t- just thinking of the resistance, because I'm thinking about Star Wars as well at the moment, is like uh, a lot of those sort of regular functionaries in the Empire are just, that's government, right? That's yeah. people's government. It's just like running things, administrating. Yeah. So there are perfectly good people in there. You know, the world isn't divided into good people and death eaters, Harry. Like it, it, it's um it's there's a line in this that is straight out of Harry Potter, right? There are um, there are a few, and there's some that are a bit clunky where you think that, quiet like, life when it, when Newt says ah, yeah. I like the quiet uh, no he's gonna say he says I'm gonna go back to England live a quiet life yeah and yeah go, I was like oh I like the quiet life me and I yeah knew, um, that was there's a couple of connections um, there, there are a couple I mean there are certain lines as well that just sort of feel a bit novelistic like they're written by someone who writes for novels instead and of and J K Rowling did write yeah. this movie yes um but. Having said that, I actually think this movie is – there's a lot of stuff in here that she – and and there's some racism that we're going to have to go into, but a lot of the stuff that she's kind of propagated in the past doesn't seem to be in this movie as much. Um, and, like – and there's this kind of – there's an interesting storyline that's obviously going to come back later about um, how Newt was friends with – um, a Lestrange in high school. Yeah. Um, that's clearly going to come back. Uh, but that's she, her name is Zoe Kravitz. Luna or something. Yeah, she's played by Zoe Kravitz. Lita? So, oh, Lita? Lita? Lita Lestrange. They were friends. Um, and that, that's interesting to me because I'm assuming she's, you know, Rodolphus's mother. Potentially. That would be my guess. But, oh, well, no, wait, no, no, no she, that's her maiden name. Sorry. Yes, she may be Well, that's Rodolphus's what I was wondering aunt. about the Goldsteins as well. I was like, Kowalski Goldstein. might not keep his maiden name. Well, that's true. And <laughs> his maiden name. And there's an Anthony Goldstein in yeah. the books. Um, so, yeah. And they're both sisters and they don't have any other family that we know yeah. of. So, clearly one of them's going to have to have a kid that keeps or or, there, or there's some other um, – according to the Harry Potter wiki, there is like Anthony Goldstein is a relation, but I don't think they've worked out how. So, like – I'd love it someone... if they would keep I, – I feel like Kowalski would be like, no, the kid can keep your name. Um yeah. He just seems like I, – I just love him. He does. I he does seem like the love him. kind of and nice guy. And we were guy. just talking about Steve Cloves, and you know how I feel about Steve Cloves. Oh, yes. Um, Did he work on this movie? Um, I, I, I think. Because to me, Kowalski feels very Ron-esque. Um, I thought Steve Cloves had worked on this film, but it, only J.K. Rowling is credited for the screenplay, which is interesting. Well, you know, I hope Steve Cloves didn't because I hate him. And um, I really, really like the things that he did to ruin that. 
And this is the problem, I think, when you watch Harry Potter as opposed to Fantastic Beasts. I don't have any expectations of Fantastic Beasts. Um, and so what we got, I found really interesting. And, and I didn't expect to fall in love with the characters. I didn't. And I fell in love with them so hard. Um, you know, I, I liked all of the main guys. Mm. Um, I really liked them. So that was a shock to me. But like, um, and that's what, J.K. Rowling does so well, I think, is that, you know, it's the world building, but it's also you really care about these, these people. These people, yeah. Um, and they're flawed and they're not perfect. Uh, Tina is constantly putting her nose in where she shouldn't be and getting everybody into trouble for mm-hmm. it. Um, Queenie is reading people's minds when she shouldn't be. Um, Kowalski just doesn't have any kind of, like, self-preservation instinct. <laughs> and And Newt is, like not personable in the slightest mm. and yet all of these people come together and they work so well nicely together and and they kind of bring out the best in each other and you just kind of fall in love with them and i just was mm. so impressed um but uh yeah i did feel kind of like there was a mirroring of that relationship between harry and ron in yeah. newt and and kowalski and i'm oh, one of the felt like that and I am one of the members of the uh, Ron Weasley Appreciation Society. He's my favorite of the trio. And I, I like the fact that he's so imperfect. I, I like imperfect characters. I like people who have to grow and learn. And Ron had to grow and learn a lot. Mm. And people really hate him for the things that he said, you know. And I'm like, well, he's a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old boy who uh, who's grown up with incredible privilege in this, like, it, not privileges in money, privileges in, in his his wizarding sort of, you know, his pure blood. He's never had to question anything he's been raised with. And that competes with his lack of privilege in terms of like, mm. he's the least of his family. He's not the only girl and he's not one of his older brothers. Yep. So like he kind of constantly has to battle with all of these things that are going on with him. And his best friend is, is so much yeah. more famous and mm. more important than he is. Um, and I have massive love for Ron. Um, and, and Kowalski really reminded me of him. And of course, I loved Kowalski. And, and I mean, sorry, he just. That's just, I'm, I know this is a total sidetrack, but that's a really interesting character in Trump's America where like white working class men and the, the loss of status is, mm. is considered to be a factor. It's not the only factor. And I don't think it's in, even as big as people make it out to, but it's considered to be a factor in the rise of Trump is like the, the that sort of like how white working class men deal with like having privilege in some areas and not having privilege in others. Yeah, and, and it's then you, fascinating. It is fascinating. But the thing about – I think the thing about Ron is that he learns, you know. He does. He grows. He grows. He gets better because of education and because of being friends with lots of different people. Right. And it's that is like – that's the kind of – I mean, that's the – when you look at the trio, you've got like, you know, Harry is kind of the soul of them and Hermione is the mind and Ron's the heart and it doesn't function mm. without him. Um, and this is one of the problems that I had with the movies is that Steve Cloves had a crush on Hermione that I thought was inappropriate, mm. um, and hated Ron and yeah. he ruined that relationship yeah, because- for me. And this movie is the first movie in all of the Harry Potter ones where I feel like that relationship actually kind of got through. Yeah. Well, cause while you were off talking, I did look up cause, cause I knew I'd seen Steve Cloves in the credits. And he's only credited as a producer on this. He's not credited as a writer. Well, let's hope that that continues because he does not deserve to be a writer on Harry Potter. And I think that he is everything that's wrong with the Mm. movies. I mean, really, almost everything that I found really troubling about the... All the things you hate, like that Hermione suddenly knows everything about the wizarding world are all from the screenplay. Well, because Hermione, again, one of the things that, that J.K. Rowling does really well and... There are certain things that she doesn't do really well. Um, I know that some of my friends are going to get on me about this, but one of the things she does really well is create flawed, 
heroes that have serious, consistent issues that we love anyway because they are yeah. people who believe in the right things and who care about the right things and, and, and who, do ultimately try to do the right thing. Exactly. And um and one of the things about this movie is that that comes through so strongly. Um, you do kind of just go, I mean, by the end of the movie, you're just so on their side. Um, and it, it, you know, they really work to get there. At the beginning of the movie, Newt is a dork and he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like, what are you, why are you doing this, you idiot? Yeah. You know, the, the case switch is so obvious. But also the case switch you told me happened after when I thought it yeah, happened. Yeah. So, well, it's, it's actually kind of, it's not, it's sort of overdone directing. They make, they make a real effort to draw your attention to the fact that they've got the same case going up the stairs, but they don't actually swap cases going up the stairs. They both put them down, they both pick up the right case, and they get into the into the bank with the right case in hand. The, and they do eventually, but they don't swap until afterwards. And it's like too much. It's like too many, like too much of a MacGuffin. Yeah, I agree. That was um, and and, and it doesn't, it, it isn't well put together. Um, there and are that is that is a problem. I think David Yates. I don't like him. Um, I don't think he's a very good director. He wasn't. He wasn't very. Good. He's only done the Harry Potter movie. Like Steve Hobbs, all he's known for is these Harry Potter movies, and everybody who is a fan of Harry Potter knows the movies aren't that great. Right, and this is especially this the later is, ones like I said, where those two basically took over. Um, well, my favorites are my favorite is three, um, but I don't mind five and seven either, which are my favorite books, by the way. Um, but mm. five wasn't written by Steve Cloves. Um and then seven. As opposed to eight, I found much better than eight. Yeah, because it, it's all the build-up as well. Right, but it's also it's much truer to what I feel is the spirit of the books. And eight destroys a lot of that. That scene where Harry goes out to the woods and he tells Ron and Hermione that he's going ruins everything in the books for me. That is like one of the worst things. That and the scene where um, Harry says that he's going to go out and find the Horcruxes and he only tells Hermione and Ron is sitting on the stairs in the background oh. are the two worst scenes in all of those movies for yeah. me. And maybe that one where Ron and Herm- where Hermione is crying over Ron in front of all the teachers, which just upsets me as a teacher where I'm like, there's no teenager in the world who would do this. No. Um, but those, those are kind of my least favorite things about the movies. And again, that is a, that is an adaption problem, right? Yeah. Um, um, although I do want to say, I think there are a couple of bits, scenes with Dan Fogler where I'm not yeah. sure if it's an acting choice or a directing choice, but there's a thing that happens where he's just adorable and it's not <laughs> scripted, but it's adorable. Like, so there's a bit where Newt climbs into his suitcase for the first time in the bedroom that they're sharing and he goes, oh. <gasps> I know, it was like, he screams. He like loudly, oh! <laughs> yeah. and, and so that the women would have heard him and he's, and then he realizes what he's done. He's like, oh God, I don't want to help. And I don't know if that was an acting or directing choice, but God, it was wonderful. I loved it. I loved it. Because it really just wins you over because he, he is us. Like he is your audience surrogate. And it's really good to have an audience surrogate who's also a muggle as well. So he has to like, people have to explain things to him, but also like he's really excited to be in this world, which is what we would all be if we were in this world. Yeah, and, that and whimsy, that sense yeah, of whimsy. It was adorable. And, and the giggle stuff that they have, the drink. <laughs> the giggle water. The giggle water. Now, Every I, time, cracked me up. Yeah, and that I think probably was a directing slash editing choice. Um, it could but, be a writing thing as well. Yeah, but it was adorable. Yeah. I loved that. Every time that they were about to like, the the the, the tension was building up, he'd giggle. Mm. I loved it. But like, oh God, we haven't even started, I feel like. We have. It's <laughs> okay. Keep talking. There's so much. But okay. Um. 
the special effects in this movie oh my god are so impressive there were certain times that i felt that kind of um roger rabbit thing where like you could tell that uh somebody was interacting with like a bouncing tennis ball or whatever was actually on set poor eddie um, redmayne doing the mating dance like no oh, the uh, mating dance it was wonderful, sold me yeah um it was things like when he was patting the frank eagle? goodbye yeah. Um, that yeah. was, you could tell that he wasn't there when, um, actually Tina, when he first meets Frank as well, like that, the bits with the eagle weren't quite as good. I thought. Yeah. yeah. When Tina puts the snake, oh, blue snake creature the, back yeah. in, that all the other ones with the blue snake creature were there. And I thought Dan Fogler sold that better than anybody. Yep. Um, he, every time there was a creature, he was committed, but there was, and, and Eddie Redmayne, I think just had to do it too much. I th- yeah. I think, well, I think Eddie Redmayne got better. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't surprise me if the eagle stuff was done first because that's quite like a hippogriff. So yeah. they probably had that animal down first. So they probably shot it first. What is that? I think it's – is it a – no, it's not a griffin. Oh, he does say what it is, and it's like some spe- specific American creature that lives in Arizona. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I think he kind of got better as it went along. Like, he was – there were certain animals he interacted with early. The kni- – uh, not the kniesel, the niffler. Mm. Oh my god, that thing is hilarious! Yeah. Like I love that. That reminds me. I, I actually leaned over and said to you at some point, "It's like Turbo in a KFC." Yeah. Like because this, this the, the one of the first things that goes wrong is that he lets a niffler loose in a bank. Yeah. And it's obviously chaos ensues, and then it gets loose in a jewelry store. That's why store. I was so confused because they zoomed right in on when the niffler was coming out, and I thought it was coming out of the other guy's case yeah. when he was already in it's, the bank. It's not great. I was baffled. Shot. The niffler stuff though, so funny like i just it was and it's because the niffler i don't know he reminds me of my naughty cat turbo and but this is what the movie does it draws you in with these funny action bits and then like knocks you out with these emotional bits Mm. um and it gives you these characters where like at the beginning you're just like these guys are idiots and then it draws you into their friendships and their relationships and their quirks and you're like oh my god i love them yeah Um, i think this is why it's interesting that it's actually like this is something that was written for the film. There's no adaptation here. So J.K. Rowling has actually just put what she wants on the screen. Mm. And I like that. I know. And, 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 and I don't understand why Cursed Child isn't so good. Yeah. Um, I do. I think – no, I, oh, I well, mean it's I don't. more directly a sequel, I guess. So I think the problem is, is that a- we're too – like Cursed Child is a direct sequel and it is something that like we're too attached to, I think, Harry – as we know yeah. him, and he's he's not the focal character. Um, and all the flaws in her writing come out when you're already attached to somebody who's not, yeah, who's and not she, in it as much. And right. I, for me, especially, I think. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, that's right. I'm just thinking about J.K. Rowling's style. Like in where as the later books came out, you would read things in the books and you'd be like, that feels like fan fiction. Mm. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. And yep. um, when I, I've um like become more attached to Harry as a person since the books came out. And when I'm reading Cursed Child, all I can think is like, this is not fair on him. A lot of the time I'm like, this is not fair to Harry. And it also feels unfair because basically we've gone through a very similar journey. Our ages are a little little off. We're a couple of years younger than Harry would be in real life. Yeah, but I was older when I read it. I I know exactly I was 16. Yeah, but even (laughs) still, like I read it when I was 18, but like, We've kind of gone through the same sort of period of adulthood that Harry has, and mm. so you sort of know you f- you understand. It's it's easy to understand why he's made decisions that he's made and all that. And then you also see that like he makes decisions here that you're like, I don't. 
yeah, I understand that or I'm not sure why he would do that. But, yeah, you're right. It's We're too close to it. Yeah. And and she should stop playing in that universe. Like George Lucas, she should just get out of it. No, I think she and, should keep doing this because yeah, this works. Come back. Well, that's, but that's, that's, that's it. Come into, like, the side characters and, like, the – People we don't hear as much about. Just don't make a Marauders prequel because I already have that and I don't want her replacing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I already have Shoebox Project. I don't need her version of it. Yeah. Um, but no, it is. I think that's the problem. I think we're just too close um, because Harry, Ron and Hermione mean so much to us. Which is why when this was announced, I was so happy about it because it wasn't a sequel or a prequel. Real. I mean, it's a pre- technically it's a prequel, but we get to – it's a character we know, but is there's a whole blank there. There's a – if we can write, uh, he can be completely cut from almost whole cloth. The blank like, space, baby. And I'll write your name. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, these guys, and okay, now I think, oh, do you want to? Uh, I was going to say that like playing around in the side characters is a lot more, like, there's more to do. There's mm. more meat there. And there's so much to do here, clearly, because oh the God. history stuff that this introduces us to is so dense. But I think that we're just going to have to address the fact that there's like two people of color in this movie. There's it's and they so, feel like they were added tokenistically. I don't know about the president. I, I, um, she I feels I, I I just got the idea that they'd started filming and they were like, we need to put some people of color in. I felt that with like the the Zoe Kravitz too, but Zoe yeah. Kravitz and and Bernadette, um, who is like somebody who takes um. Also, that came out of nowhere when they take um Tina and and newt off to die like the death what penalty the and you're like what is that about with this pe- big pensive oh i don't God. know that was baffling and all, that and, was too much and and but also they they really misused the black actress who was there because yep. they took that character and they took they made her play a mammy yep and but she was leading these people off to their death yeah i horrible. felt that was particularly and racist the, the and unnecessary pensive thing didn't they didn't set that up enough for us to understand what was happening. Mm. Um, no. They shouldn't have done that. I think that instead of him sentencing them, them to death, they sh- he should have just said, you should send them off to, like, um, the, the ultimate be obliviated or whatever. Yeah. Um, like the big obliviate or yeah, the yeah. big so, pensive well, they, or something so that it use, seemed like she yeah. was going to lose all her memory forever, um, which which was what it felt like to me. But apparently that seemed to equate to death. I'm not sure what happened there, and I think that was well, way I, too much. Yeah, I'm trying to think through – I feel like there's something in the Harry Potter universe where there is that um that equivalent where no, somebody no, no. is the lost. Dementors suck the soul yeah, out. Yeah, when the Dementors have sucked their soul out. So it And then there's Gildor yeah. Lockhart who um the Obliviate yeah. spell backfired and he lost yeah, everything. That's it. That's what it it feels like it's kind of that as a punishment for people, but he calls it death and it's too confusing. Um not but didn't, uh, yeah. that didn't work. No. Um, and and the only thing that kept me going there was like I immediately I think I said to you I was like oh Queenie's gonna break them out and then Queenie broke them out and that made me really happy. Yeah. Um, but, and then she the, got them all to go in the case and it was clever and I liked yeah, that. But and, like that but was whole, hugely problematic. Oh yeah, and and the, even the um and the fact that the 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 black woman that I've talked about, but the fact that they were both the executioners were women as well yeah, is weird. just like that was also kind of like no, it's. And the well, fact they seemed like nurses, yeah, right, uh, like nurses like, in like a hospital. Nurse Ratchet, yeah, actually, which would have made sense. But I, it kind of annoyed me that to kind of give their characters a bit of diversity, that they made those the executioners women, but they also made the woman who's the person who's leading the anti witch brigade a woman as well. And it's no, it, I did get that. I, 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 I sort of get it because 
we've just come out of an election where 53% of white women voted for Trump. It's but not just that. We, that- I, but I also kind of, at the same time, I was like, you know, the whole witch burnings in Salem, they just, they were targeting all kinds of women, including white women. But she's, she's also set up as targeting women at the beginning, um, talking about witches. Yes. And, and she and Tina are in direct opposition, not she and Newt. Um, so I think that works. And, and she and Tina are in direct opposition with how they treat credence as well. Mm. So like, I think that worked, especially because the brand of abuse that she was, uh, heaping on these kids yeah. is, is a very kind of, uh, um, like specific thing to like women who pro- who um provide foster care who it's will Christian. abuse. Yeah, it is. It's um, really and and I it's get very common. Yeah, I actually didn't. I liked not liked, but I understood. Yeah, that. oh no, I un- I understood as well. The witch thing annoyed me, but the fact that that this woman was del- was deliberately going out and adopting children and abusing them that yeah. is that's happens a and lot. the fact that she and tina were in opposition and the the moment when tina reveals that the reason that she got fired is because she attacked samantha morton's character um i found that effective i i liked yeah. that but um the nurse thing didn't i didn't like it all no. and the fact that like and then the other thing was i they clearly were making a really really direct um, parallel between slavery and house elves. Yeah. Without casting people of character. There was one house elf of character. Of color, was, you mean? Sorry. I know. And I was, at first I was like, um, at first I was like, oh yes, the goblins. Like I thought they were the, the, you know, from, from Gringotts. And then I, yeah. that took me a while to realize that they, they were house elves. Yeah. They look like creature. They don't look like Dobby. Um, yeah. that's why. Um, but yeah, they, uh, uh, yeah, he didn't like mention it or anything, but it was just sort of there. But they, but not only one of them was a person of color, um, yeah. the singer, which was so strange. And like, and that was took me out of it for a while, um, mm-hmm. for a while to the point where I was like, I couldn't figure well, out again, Ron Perlman that was felt, Ron Perlman. Yeah, and that again felt like tokenism. Like they were like they got into this point of making this film and they'd heard all this fan backlash and they're like, we well, better shove another person of color in there. And all the people of color, by the way, in this movie were women. But also, um, that backlash and that particular issue of them replacing slavery in America with house elves. Like there's a moment at the beginning where there's a house elf polishing wands. And you're like, well, I know what you guys are doing here, and that's not okay. You're erasing the real history of of, of um, black, black witches people in and America. wizards. But it also would have been the history of black witches and wizards. I know, and yeah. that's why the president would have been interesting. But that's cause... the thing is that I think that mm. because the wizarding world, she kind of removed um, a lot of those um, like racial and and um, you know uh, prejudices yeah. against gender and prejudices against. Um, um, sexuality and things, and she's like, "Oh, the Wizarding World doesn't care about that." But she's backed herself yeah. into a corner, and now everybody's white, and she's not, yeah, and providing is- enough roles for people of mm. color. And freaking Richard Iowate should have played Newton; it would have been, been adorable. Better. Um, but he but, was but, perfect. But, but, even but his like, hair. but even President Pickery, though, we talked about her before. I flicked her up. Um, President Pic- Pickery. <laughs> um, we talked about her before how she sort of built this world, this bubble around herself, so that mm. and and, but. If you look at that in the context of a woman who, a black woman, yep. who's grown in, up in America, come from a history of slavery. And um, I was just reading some history about Reconstruction a little bit earlier today about how between like the end of the Civil War and like 1929, America had like 20 black senators and like it was, um, and, and things were actually going quite well, but the backlash of fascism mm-hmm. and the war coming and all that kind of stuff put progress back. So this time, 1926, would have been a time where 
perhaps there was still the opportunity for reconstruction to have gone well. Um, it, it's probably a bit late, but in in certain parts of the country, but in certain parts of the country, it would have been like that. But if to, if you put president that president in that context of a woman who's had to like fight against every prejudice just to get where she is makes her a far more interesting character and it makes the the decisions she makes and the way that she will dig in and doesn't want to change her mind because she's had to fight tooth and nail just to get there it makes it puts it in a different context i just realized also that zoe kravitz has to have been playing an english person in this movie yeah um well yes but there were black people in england then too it's not about it, yeah. it's about the fact that um, J.K. Rowling was very very specific on only having British actors play the characters mm. in when the Harry Potter movies were coming out. Not not well, it's, it's related possible. to that. Let, so. Let's maybe she's moved on. Maybe she's grown. Maybe she's well, changed no, her mind. I don't mind. think there's anything wrong with that. I and don't think it, there's any problem it with. It could. It could. It, you could also have had at that time a, a Lestrange who was born in America or you know. Yeah, I I just don't, I America. think that uh, just occurred to me. I. Yeah, yeah, no, I, it just occurred to me too. Um, but uh, no, um, it is like, it, I, I, it's really J.K. Rowling's like white privilege th- showing through, mm. and the heteronormativity of this movie. You know, you look at this movie, and and we were talking about how Newt and Kowalski clearly like each other from the beginning of the movie, but they both kind of end up with Goldstein sisters, which is that, um. It's a little bit of that substitution thing where like mm. you have a really when you have a really intense friendship between two men they'll often the main character will often end up with the best friend's sister or something like that yeah. because it's a substitution issue which is the thing with Harry, Harry Potter, Potter when yeah. Harry ends up with Ginny it's clearly a substitution thing for Ron um which I don't think that was ever a ro- romantic relationship but it's a very intense friendship yeah and that's a you know the, for for some reason the first thing that's coming to mind right now is newsies but like there's a million examples like oh, that. Oh, it's very, very common. Yeah, wildly common. And and uh, and that was the thing that I noticed fairly quickly was that it's a very heteronormative movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the expectation is that um, men and women are attracted to each other and the only time that there's a female um, creature is when she's in heat and like mm-hmm. that, you know, that's really strange and really weird choice for, um, I, I, you know, the, the little bow truckle that he carries with him. Um, I want to say Kermit, that's wrong. Pickett? Mm-hmm. Um, could be a female character, or the um that Frank could be a female character, or the demi guys. Actually, I feel like maybe the demi guys or the other one was female. But like a lot of those things. Well, yeah. I mean, we do have a problem with gendering animals as well. Yeah, where we gender all animals except cats as male, like just by default. Yeah, uh, and I gender cats as male because I have a male cat now. Yeah. So like it. Um. Yeah. It, it's it's an issue, and um. The, the there's also this sort of. I don't know if it's big enough to be called a trope, but like the the female animal in heat type thing, yep. the idea of women being unable to control their sexual urges and all that kind of stuff that always bothers me because like it just, animalistic females not being able to control their yeah. sexual urges, I think, is more than yeah more the issue. Like rather than just like it's it's almost like when we are stripped back to the animalistic urges, then we're all we can think about is sex. Yeah, rather and, than a concept of like um, women being that way yeah uh yes if it is female animals. does that make sense yeah no i do understand that but it but there's also an older trope of like women being debased yep um and it, it sort and of they don't really me. do that with the Arum- i mean the erumpid is they they care about mm, her, her but it yeah. is still that trope and that is a but it's not just that doesn't read as much as sexism or it's an ingrained sexism but sexism mm. but it's also that 
I feel like that's a lot more of the heteronormativity stuff mm. coming through. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Especially in a movie that, because you're thinking about it, because Grindelwald, of course, um, is the love of Dumbledore's life, you know, and, and that's an interesting, that's such an interesting part of their backstory, um, that, doesn't come into play here. Yeah. There is a kind I of am, there's I'm this so moment in that, and I'm so scared that Johnny Depp is not going to be good enough to be. Me too. The love I want them Dumbled- to put Colin Farrell back in Dumbledore's life. Yeah, I want them to put Colin Farrell back because there's a moment when he says to, and we already know he's Grindelwald by that point. But when he says to um, Newt, "Why was Albus Dumbledore so fond of you?" Mm. That was fascinating to me because I'm like, oh, he's jealous. Yeah, that's a jealousy thing. Yeah, he uh-huh. sees Newt and he goes, "Why does Why does Dumbledore like you and not me?" We knew he was Grindelwald by then. I, <laughs> we knew. I, I swear, there has to be other people in the audience who knew from. I mean, yeah. he is introduced in the exact same way, the back of his head with yeah, that, yeah. that haircut. Same haircut. That's that's a it's so clear a parallel. Yeah. Um, it yeah. has to be in some the back and, of some people's and minds. And that has to be jealousy, it has right? To be. I thought that was so interesting. I was like, oh, I, but again, like there's so many bits in this movie like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, my head was spinning nearly the whole movie and afterwards, but like uh, there was so much information for me to process about what we know about Harry Potter, about the history of Harry Potter, uh, about the creatures, about the, I know, and then just what's happening in this movie, which is so dense to unpack as well about the child abuse and about the way that we interact with people and how we should interact with, with children who are abused and, just so much going on um and like the politics of it and what it means to when you don't stand up to fascism and when you don't stand up to something that is wrong um and how that breeds this kind of contempt and this this discontent um and and the parallels to what's going on at the moment just like it's it's a movie that i probably will see again within the next two weeks like i i am so kind of blown away by how much this relates to everything and also how much I am surprised by how I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I was so happy watching it. I was so kind of taken away by this storyline and by how it made me feel like I was back in this world that I feel like I've missed a little bit lately. Yeah, I didn't – Um, I'm not sure I loved it the same way you did, but I was also like I'd been worrying about – bored as hell. Yeah, and I was worried it was going to be too long. I was worried I was going to get bored. I did not get bored even a little – like I, I was no. like I, I sort of I I could feel it. I need to go to the bathroom, and I was like, oh, and I'm not going to go now. I'll no. just wait. And then suddenly it was like it, it an hour and a half had gone by, and I was like, whoa! I need to go to the bathroom when they had the um interrogation scene. Yeah, and I couldn't. I was like, no, this is too interesting. This yeah, is too much. And it just it it really cracks along. Like it just yeah. I mean, and if J.K. Rowling is like one of her strengths is obviously plots mm. that keep like just cracking along, and it really cracks along. It's great. And there's so much so much depth to it. There's, I feel like I have to watch this movie three or four times to understand everything in it that relates to all these things that I'm thinking about. There's so many good things in there for the fans. Like, I know. There's stuff for the fans. There's more than enough to keep you interested if you're new. There's great performances. Oh. Um, costuming. Colleen, oh, Atwood, Colleen did the Atwood, co- man. Costumes. Everything that t- Queenie especially wore um, was like, uh, there were some things in there that were 100% throwback to Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Um, the dress that she wears when she goes into the club is um, the, the color that it is and everything looks exactly like something well, that some that Marilyn Monroe wears in Some Like It Hot. Yeah, the, well, they wear they dress her in beige pink all the time and she's always wearing like 
like silky beige tops and stuff that mm-hmm. look kind of like skin. It's yeah, very clever. Which is what they did. And then um the John Voigt kind of Citizen Kane mm-hmm. stuff that was going on as well, like where um the, the and the concept of Citizen Kane is kind of undermined in this movie, which oh, is really yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's like he's shot down. Yeah. Literally. It's wonderful. Oh my God, there's so much stuff in this. <laughs> so much in this. It's so and then good. it's all happening because this this child has been like um, tormented and and, oh, and the, ch- the children repressed. as well. That um, that whole family, the way they they were like it was, it's a, almost heavy handed. But the way the hair was cut and stuff, like Ezra Miller's sort of bowl haircut, and the mother and her really severe, like and and the way they costumed them all. But and, also, there's this moment when they go to John Voight's newspaper, and no, but there's this moment that she says, "We don't want." Uh, you're right that, that that we want something valuable. We don't want money or anything. We want your influence. Oh we god. want your power. I was like, oh my god, that's electrifying. You know yeah. this concept, and that's a concept that a lot of people who are like on different sides of the fence want that influence. They want to be able to get their information out. And she's right. Yeah, she's she's not good, but she's right that there are these these witches and wizards that are. Um, going around and and they're they're what they're doing is endangering people, but at the same time they're trying to do it for the right reasons. Oh, and, and and she's also she understands that using the media is the way to go about it. Right, like these these people are not powerful because they're rich. They are rich, but they're powerful because they have a platform. And then like there there's so many bits and pieces that are just kind of dropped by the end. Everybody gets obliviated, which was such a Deus Ex Machina moment when yeah. when Frank flies over the city and you're like, come on, really? This is how we're going to solve this problem, you know? And and because they made the problems too big to solve any other way. Yeah. Um. But the fact that like there's this whole thing that I was just the whole end of the movie where everybody inside is also forgetting, but then you're Except like, but how come Kowalski, Kowalski. doesn't? <laughs> to stand in the rain um, for the plot convenience of it and there's a lot of bits like that. I, I do think this movie has a lot of flaws mm-hmm. um, but the feeling that I got when I was watching it, I don't think that there's many things that can match that. Yeah. Because it's so you, It's uh, your eight feet tall feeling. Yeah, it's that, this nostalgic um, thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I didn't expect it. I didn't it. get that feeling and I'm really, I love that you did, but I didn't. But that is how I rate movies. If I walk out feeling eight feet tall, it's just like that's a win. It's not just eight feet tall. I feel like this is all the things that I loved about the books that I read when I was 16. Um, uh-huh. Like the character building, the world building, the all of that stuff is kind of woven into this movie. And for all its problems, it does all those things that I loved about that really well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it, it is uneven. It's really uneven. And it's got some pretty big flaws and david yates man can we just not can we put somebody else in please give somebody else a chance to direct harry potter that there's a reason he's not known for anything other than harry potter yeah he i think i said this already i don't close there's things i don't like i don't like the um apparition effects no it didn't i didn't quite feel right but also he keeps he keeps apparating to places that he hasn't seen before which is not within the They shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Although they do have certain, they clearly seem to have certain rules. Like you can't apparate within the American Ministry of Magic, right? And when they put that big shell up, yeah, um, they put it out. The apparition ward goes up. Oh, that apparition ward goes up. Grindelwald turns around, and starts to attack people, and you're like, "Here it is. This is it. This is the moment." Yeah. Um. Fa- uh, I. Yeah. I just really liked that. Mm-hmm. Every time that 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 sort of thing happened, I just kind of was there. Um. I was so there in this movie, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's it's so 
it's really strange to come out of this movie and feel that this kind of connection to this story in this world that I've been connected to for a while, mm. that I feel like it's gone away. It had gone away for a little while. It's so um, nice. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, but it, the whole time I just couldn't stop. My, I was just, my emotions and my mind were working overtime to try and keep up with what was going on in this movie. So I, I'm going to give it four stars because like, I, I know it probably deserves maybe, I think it deserves maybe three and a half. Um, but I can't, put away a lot of the emotions yeah. and the I think I've got to go on. for three and a half because yep. I didn't connect with it quite the way you did um but I still think it was just so much fun and so much better I think it's that I wasn't expecting much and I mm. got so much more than I was expecting and that makes me happy I wasn't expecting much at all because we knew so little well, I knew so little. Well, I, I, I wasn't up. following along I, no. I mean a bit like Rogue One I've tr- I tr- sort of try and I sort of I sort of didn't care about this one as much mm. either, but I just sort of I, – I, it's easier with these movies where they tell you too much information to, just to not try and Well, you say they much. told us too much information, but I feel like even with the stuff that I've been exposed to, I knew nothing. Yeah. Like this – because this movie is so not about what it purports to be about, um, it isn't. It's no. actually about the rise of wizard fascism in America and the world at the time when this uh. is happening. Oh, yeah. And so because it's not at all about – Newt and his escaping creatures, they are a scapegoat for what's really happening. Mm -hmm. Again, goats. (laughs) Um, You could call them a MacGuffin, but sure, a scapegoat works. um, Yeah, but no, they are. They Really, Newt just comes in at a time that's convenient for Grindelwald to kind of... Yeah, it's basically about walking through the... He's a convenient person to walk through the world with as we're watching this happen. But who's the... um, if you look at who's the protagonist of this movie, who keeps the most of the action going mm. in this movie, this is a movie about Grindelwald, Grindelwald. <laughs> um, where Newt is kind of like the the narrator. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's just I didn't expect anything that yeah. happened, and I'm so kind of still reeling oh. from what happened in this movie, and it looks great. That's so and good. And I liked the score, and I just felt like this was something that was so different uh, mm. so um different yet familiar to what i felt before so yeah that's nice all right i will wrap up now thank you very much for listening to the silver screen queens podcast if you would like to read the show notes or find old episodes they're on our website silverscreenqueens.com if you want to read katie's review of fantastic beasts and where to find them and any other movies that she watches they're on her website silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com and if you want to find us on social media, we are facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, at screen underscore queens on Twitter, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.